Cam Reddish trade, NFL playoffs, and I am all alone. Equan, cut the music. We are back, or at least I am back with episode 36, Six Inside Podcast. Um, yeah, I uh, I guess it's just Sig Inside. It's it's just me today. Uh, so we'll see if this ever even gets posted or sees the light of day, but shoot, thought I'd give it a gander. Uh, so here's how it's going to go. Probably going to be a shorter one. We'll do some short breaking news to start, and then I'll work my way into playoffs, give some a little bit of breakdowns, and then go from there. So <clears throat> first piece of breaking news, Cam Reddish got traded from the Hawks to the Knicks. Uh, for those that didn't see the full details of that, the Knicks got Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill, as well as a second round pick. Solomon Hill is not probably not going to play again this year. And of course, Cam Reddish is due for a rookie contract extension for next season. The Hawks got Kevin Knox and then a pretty heavily protected Charlotte Hornets first round pick. So overall, I think this value wise lines up kind of for both sides. Uh, Cam Reddish wasn't going to go for much more than what he went for. Uh, he's a guy that everyone knew was going to get out. The Hawks are a team not performing well right now. And they're kind of strapped for cash going forward too. They're willing to go into the luxury tax, but given their bad record, there's really no reason for them to do such a thing. Um, with Kevin Knox, uh, I have no hopes for him whatsoever. Full, uh, full transparency there, but they at least get a young player back. I read too that with Kevin Knox getting traded, uh, I believe Charlie, uh, I think his name was Charlie Moore, uh, the Knicks haven't had a first round pick sign a second contract since I want to say 1998, maybe. Uh, regardless, uh, Charlie Ward, there it is. Charlie Ward in 1994 was the last Knicks first round pick to successfully sign his uh, second contract with the team. So uh, it won't be Kevin Knox. RJ Barrett ball is in his court. We'll uh, we'll see. And RJ gets his Duke buddy back again. Uh, we'll have more NBA stuff to going forward as well. Just talking about you know our predictions, what we got wrong, aka uh, <laughs> one the Pacers in large part, and two the Cavs and Bulls meteoric rises to start the season. Even though the Bulls are getting blown out right now. The other breaking news story, uh, MLB bargaining talks started and failed. They had their first meeting in about 40 days or so, and it ended up being just pointless, essentially. They started. There's no real pressure. So a few takeaways here. One, don't panic yet. This really doesn't change much going forward here. The odds of spring training starting on time were pretty low anyways, and realistically, it doesn't matter whether or not spring training starts on time it's once actual regular games start to get affected so if we're let's say a month down the line here and we're still having these conversations then it might be time to change the flag to one of uh, providing more caution but as of now it's it's really nothing to be 
too concerned with. There's still not necessarily an incentive by either side to negotiate, especially for the players too, who have been trying for some time to get spring training shortened. So they wouldn't mind missing out on some time. That's it for breaking news. Let's go ahead and get into the games. I'll start with Saturday's games here. We have the Raiders at the Bengals. The Bengals, as of now, according, these are all according to ESPN, by the way, anytime I say spread. Bengals are favored by five and a half. So a little bit of a breakdown of how we got here. Pretty much Joe Staley called a timeout on a third down play in which <laughs> the Chargers would have actually ended up with the tie probably. And it didn't end up working out that way. So we have the Raiders at the Bengals. Cincy is back in the playoffs again. I believe their last playoff appearance was against the Houston Texans. Pretty sure TJ Yates put the work on them. Uh, it's nice. I can say these things too without any pushback until this may eventually get posted. Okay, so I'm actually incorrect. So the last time the Bengals were in the playoffs, they played the Steelers and lost. So the stat that I read, their last playoff win was in the 1990s. So they're due. They're certainly due for a win. And I think drawing the Raiders can be a one, probably one of the easier opponents that you could get. They're not the Steelers by any means, but this is a team that really has <laughs> outperformed expectations, I want to say, all year, especially given, you know, the high-end draft picks that they've had to cut slash that have gotten arrested or charged convicted with crimes, uh, firing their head coach, having uh, their new head coach come in and do a pretty good job dealing with injuries throughout the year too. So the Raiders have been a good story, but I'm of the belief it's it should at least end here. Bengals have been really like on fire. Of course, they lost last week, but they weren't playing any starters. Their offense has been really clicking, and that defense, too, isn't necessarily something that I would want to mess with either. With I'm very partial towards DJ Reader because, one, played at Clemson, and two, he was a Houston Texan, so I will always be biased towards him. Offensively, though, we all know what to expect from him. I think the biggest thing that might affect this game is whether or not that Raiders secondary can – I'm not going to say stop the passing game. I'm going to say contain the Bengals passing game. If that can happen, then I think the Raiders do have a shot to at least cover. But if they are unable to do that, it's really hard to see a way that they can win because Burrow has been absolutely slinging it and that receiver core has been awesome for them. So that's Raiders at Bengals. That's the first game. It's 4.30, hopefully on the day that you're listening to this. Uh, might be the day after. This might never come out, like I said. But uh, if it is, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what to expect. Second game for, I guess, tonight, technically, is Pats at Bills. Uh, the Bills are favored by four and a half points. It's supposed to be, I want to say, six degrees, which is freezing cold i can't even possibly imagine that uh and it's been said that josh allen struggles in climate of course there was the whole thing about bart scott recommending that josh allen take viagra before the game to stay all warmed up uh i i know nothing about that and whether or not that that would actually work but it's a theory out there so we'll, we'll see whether or not maybe we'll have some suspicions going in but as of now, Bills favored by four and a half. 
no real injuries here. I think Isaiah Wynn got cut again too for the for the Patriots. Pats are coming off of a I'd say a pretty bad loss to the Dolphins. Uh they've lost three of their last five games with the losses coming to Buffalo, Indy, and Miami. But you have to consider that really, really ugly Patriots win over the Bills earlier this season where the weather was uh really shitty or I say earlier this season it was week 12 where they just kept running the ball over and over I don't think it's going to turn into that but it's hard for me to see a way that the Patriots can take home this game I personally don't think it's going to end up being very close I still think that the Pats are about a year away from I mean first off you need you need wide receivers um that's that's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, and my bad, I mixed up Isaiah Wynn earlier with the other tackle from Georgia that kept getting cut. Forgot his name. It'll come back to me in a second. But back to the Patriots, though. I think they're realistically another year away. The wide receiver core, they have some good guys. Uh, I like Myers. I like Bourne. But that's not enough for me to really inspire confidence. Tight ends are good. Lines, pretty good. Uh, but... Overall, it's it's really tough for me to see them beating this Bills team at their place, especially kind of given you know the history there and everything. And this is that the Bills have a real shot here to be Super Bowl contenders. So I'd feel pretty comfy taking Bills minus four and a half there. Sunday, Eagles and Buccaneers. Uh, Bucks are favored by eight and a half. Philly is a very, I would describe them as a strange team. Um, kind of been up and down all season. I know there was talk about Sirianni being a one-and-done coach in the league, which I oh, was speaking of one-and-done coaches. We're going to get into that when everyone's back, but I'm pretty sure eight teams in the league have had coaching openings right now. Uh, Coley got fired. I'll, I'll talk more on him. Maybe, maybe at the end of this, we'll see. But uh, a lot of coaching openings. Anyways, back to the game. Sirianni was projected by some to be a one-and-done coach after starting really rough. Granted, all of his losses were to what would end up being playoff teams to start the year. He had a loss to the 49ers, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bucks, Raiders, Chargers, who should have been in. So they've really only lost to good teams and the New York football giants, RIP Joe Judge. But it's... It's really going to come down, in my opinion, to whether or not the Bucks secondary can allow for Jalen Hurts to make mistakes. I really think that's the best way to kind of word it, too. Hurts has been very – he hasn't been as inconsistent as the other Alabama quarterback, but there's some games where he's been a world beater and other games where he'll leave a lot to be desired. Granted, his receivers don't – help him out necessarily the most uh but they've got some uh, Devontae smith is awesome i'm talking more jalen rager uh mainly jalen rager here he's just been i was so high on him coming out of school but story for another day i think it's going to come down to whether or not the bucks can actually stop the passing attack and receivers of the eagles and force them to have to kind of lean on that ground game and maybe may, like if the Bucks are allowed to stack the box without getting punished, then that's going to be a huge issue for me. 
I really like that defense for the, I, I think the Eagles actually match up decently well defensively. Uh, I like their front seven a lot. Their secondary, I mean, they have Darius Slay, so that's that's cool. I think he should be able to do a good job on Mike Evans, but if they get into, they're going to lose if they get into a shootout. Um, that's pretty obvious. So I think the key here is if the Bucks secondary can really neutralize in one-on-one coverage the Eagles receivers, then I think the Bucks should be able to take care of it pretty handily. Except I don't, I don't see that happening. I'm going to go on the record here. I think Philly has a great shot of not only covering, but potentially coming away with this game. If they can make it ugly enough, if it's not an ugly game, that is a horrible sign for the Eagles and probably means that Brady's going to go on another run. Looking at the Sunday slate of games too, it's, uh, well, I was going to say it's more interesting than the Saturday slate, but the Steelers play the Chiefs. Uh, I'm just going to, hopefully I don't Oral Roberts this for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, last tournament, Oral Roberts played Ohio State in basketball in March Madness in the first round. And we as a pod spent five seconds talking about that, automatically advancing Ohio State to the next round. And uh, yeah, Oral Roberts won. So if I jinx the Chiefs, then great. That's pretty cool. I think it would be hilarious if the Steelers go on a playoff run and end up winning it. But if uh, it's it's pretty unlikely though. Um, so Steelers at Chiefs. I, I'm not even really going to get into that. Juju might play, so that that could be cool. It's a miracle that they even got here. Chargers Chiefs would have been a lot better of a matchup on paper, but the games aren't played on paper. So I feel pretty comfy with Kansas City just kind of blowing them out. 49ers and Cowboys. This one is, in my opinion, the hardest game to read of them all. Uh, 49ers were, of course, my Super Bowl pick. They haven't lived up to potential necessarily, finishing 10-7, and seven, good enough for third in their division. But I, I kind of like them here over the Cowboys. The Cowboys were another team as well who they had several different identities throughout the season. They had that giant win streak after losing week one. And then they were kind of up and down, up and down, giant games again against kind of bad teams. They beat the Giants in kind of an ugly one, but then beat the football team, beat the Eagles at the end of the season. So they've been kind of up and down, but I I don't feel as if they're going to be able to handle this 49ers defense all that well. Really like what they have to offer. Uh, you know, we all know Nick Bosa. I like Jimmy Ward a lot. Didn't you know Josh Norman was on there? Full disclosure, but I have a lot of confidence that this 49ers team in general will be able to get it done. They have a ton of different ways that they can do it to you on offense. And uh, hopefully Trevion Diggs gives up like a thousand yards or Trayvon Diggs gives up like a thousand yards again just this time in a single game because those 49ers receivers are not to be messed with. Debo's been awesome. Ayuk's been pretty good. Jawan Jennings has been like very good out of nowhere recently. He got snagged up in our Dynasty League, which was pretty annoying, but story for another day. Um, 
the 49ers going to win it. It's going to be keeping it simple for Garoppolo, just letting him play his game and allowing for things to kind of develop in front of him. If the Cowboys are going to win, it's going to be either offense uh, pretty much making me eat my words. Uh, Dak's going to have to be healthy and make the throws that he's made semi, uh, semi-consistently this year. I think he's had some health issues that haven't necessarily been disclosed at times, but overall he's been, he's coming off of one of, if not his best game of the season with the five touchdowns against the Eagles. So it should be a very fun one to watch. I am personally going 49ers because that was my Super Bowl pick. Um, but it can go either way here. Micah Parsons, too, defensive rookie of the year. I finally got an award pick right. Very happy with that. Very unexpected for me to also be able to pull that one off. Steelers and Chiefs already talked about. And then Cardinals at Rams on Monday night. That matchup is something we've seen play out twice already because they're division opponents. Uh Cardinals got them the first time 37 to 20. And then the second time the Rams got them 30 to 23. So it's it's going to be an interesting one, especially considering that you have JJ Watt coming back. You have uh uh D Hobbs not coming back. Uh JJ Watt's supposed to be coming back for that. Of course, you know, you have the Rams with all their weapons. Um it's it should be a very, very good game. If the Rams are going to win it, you need Stafford to make the throws, essentially, and not have a bad game. It would not be a good case study for trading first-round picks for quarterbacks if the two that got first-round picks traded for them uh, ended up costing their teams their seasons and their last week's playing. Uh, that is, for those curious, that is a direct shot at Carson Wentz. Um but if he can, if Matthew Stafford can not make the shitty throws that he's kind of prone to make and hit his targets, they should be able to take care of this. If not, then it really opens up for the Cardinals. Um, prob- better defense, it's, it's got to be the Rams, in my opinion. You know, you have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey, both first team all pros. Von Miller's playing again. So they've, They've got the edge there. The Rams should be the better team here by a decent margin. It just comes down to that quarterback piece with Stafford and how well can you trust him. Then on the other side of things, offensively, I do think that the Cardinals are going to have to work a tiny bit more than perhaps they'd want to. They're coming off of a loss to the Seahawks. They had a very close win against the Cowboys the week prior. Um, it's the offense isn't quite the same without DeAndre Hopkins, which makes complete sense, but overall it, it should, it should be the Rams, whether or not that happens though, will solely hinge on Matthew Stafford while the Rams can do it different ways with Michelle and acres. If you can't air it out, then it's going to be very hard for the that Rams offensive line to stop the pass rush of or the the run uh defense of the Arizona Cardinals just checking here now seeing if there's anything else that I potentially missed so this is about 
I would say of the four or five of us, I'm probably fourth in football knowledge. So uh, basketball, certainly my main one, but I've watched enough games throughout the year. I've read up on enough that I feel as if I can at least have a decent grasp of what's going to happen. So I guess I'll, I'll close it. I'll close the football talk with this. My official picks, I guess I'm going to do Raiders plus five and a half with a Bengals one. Bills minus four and a half. Easy. Eagles plus eight and a half. 49ers plus three with a 49ers one. Chiefs minus 12 and a half. Not even going to talk about that. And then I'll go, I'll go Rams minus four here. So that's, that's kind of where I'm leaning with those. Um, should be fun though. It's nice having six games during a weekend. And yeah, so we'll, we'll have all the breakdown for that once everything ends uh, after these games. So I guess we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll go through a quick review of kind of some college stuff that happened. Uh, Oregon beat U- at UCLA yesterday. A ton of top 10 teams have gone down. USC lost to Stanford. Uh, Texas Tech beat Baylor. I don't want to say I call it it, but uh, go ahead and listen to the last pod. I called it. Um, what else? Peyton Watson scored. He, he scored some field goals. It was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I was happy for him. Um, and somehow, against all odds, uh, Butler won. I'm joking when I say against all odds. Butler actually played a very solid game. Jared Bolden had 23, NZ had 14, Golden had 11. A lot of what watching this team has kind of done for me is it's made me kind of not reminisce necessarily about that 2020 team, but think back about the missed potential that that team had that they weren't able to go through with, obviously because of the COVID stoppage and everything, because that team was, you know, the the last game that we ended up playing was Kamara hitting that game winner on Xavier at their place. So it's, it's really, I I mean, you know, it's kind of sad to think about, but a lot of that talent is still kicking around doing fifth years in, in college for us, but we'll see how the rest of the season's going to go here. Uh, the Georgetown win was certainly a nice one to pick up, especially at their place. Uh, Aminu Muhammad did nothing. He shot two for 16, which might straight up remove him from my board. We'll see. Um, and of course, the next one on Sunday is at Nova. So that one should. Uh, <sighs> I'm I'm not feeling too confident about that. Nova did somewhat struggle with Xavier's length as the as the game kind of progressed. Uh, specifically, uh, Fremantle was doing a ton on the low block and on the offensive glass for them. Uh, and then they had another big two who was scoring a lot late in the game. But it, it's it's tough to see a way that we end up coming away with that game, um, just because it's we we don't have 
we don't have the beef that Xavier has. Like we we don't have that kind of height, the size inside, um, to really be able to do enough to end up canceling that out. I may have, yeah, no, it wasn't Fremantle. It was was it Nanji? I I'm probably butchering his name. This is where I would certainly like to have others lean on. It was Nanji. My apologies, Indiana kid who went over there. Um, finished that game with nine points, five offensive rebounds. He was the one that was really wreaking havoc on them. So it's maybe maybe watch football on Sunday is what I would say. Have it on a second monitor, perhaps. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got. Uh, like I said, who knows if this is even going to see the light of day. Um, if it does, that's great. Thank you for listening. If not, No hard feelings, Kylie. I understand. Um, And yeah, see you guys next time.